Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. What's on the agenda today? Well, I am going to be jumping into my State of Origin 2 preview. Not going to keep you too long. Uh, the game is tonight, after all, around 8pm. Uh, that's at least Melbourne time. I know the game is taking place in Perth, so time zones can be a little bit confusing. But game taking place in Optus Stadium in Perth. I'm really keen for that. It's actually an immaculate stadium. Only been around for a few years, and this is the second origin that they are doing there. Should be a great atmosphere, and yeah, I'm sure they're gonna turn it on the crowd to make it a fantastic night. Now, game one, we saw Queensland win, and I'm a Queensland supporter, I'll quickly outline why. Uh, moved to Queensland from New Zealand in 2010, right in the midst of Queensland Maroons' dominant era, so yep, definitely was an honorary Queenslander, never lived in New South Wales, have spent uh, the formative years of my teenage life growing into adulthood in Queensland. So very much a Queenslander, didn't expect them to get the win in game one, so was very, very pleasantly surprised, especially with the performances of some of the younger brigade, guys like Selwyn Cobbo, Reuben Cotter, and Patrick Carrigan, who arguably, him coming off the bench was what totally changed a very close game at the time and at the end really but Patrick Carrigan he was a major turning point they also have Jeremiah Nanai on the bench so plenty of youth for the Maroons that they can look to build on for years to come as for New South Wales this is a do or die game they've made plenty of changes a lot of talk around Freddie Fittler and his selections but look ultimately this is a very formidable Blues side I think potentially they have made the right changes and they need to win here or the series is over. They'll be heading to Game 3 in Queensland with nothing to play for but pride. So it is all on the line for the New South Wales Blues in this one. Whilst Queensland are going to be looking to clinch the series. So that would be a huge turnaround after last year getting absolutely belted. Uh, the first two games they just looked like a shell of themselves. Up against the best New South Wales Blues side we've seen in a long, long time. Uh, but yeah, game three, Queensland won last year. Obviously the season, or the series rather, was already over. But this time around, Queensland come in with all the momentum. They have the series lead. They have a 75% chance of actually winning the series with their lead as well. So tonight the Queensland Maroons head to Perth with the aim of getting it done in game two. And heading to Suncorp Stadium for game three with celebrations in order. So it's, it's going to be a really big night for both sides for different reasons. Obviously, we've got the coaches, Brad Fittler, an amazing player for the Blues back in his day. Uh, he's really taken like a duck to water as the coach of the New South Wales Blues, has produced some amazing series wins, some great performances game to game. And although there were some criticisms of his coaching and his selections in 2020 when they lost, he rebounded last year put a great team together and had the series swept within two games. So very, very interested for Brad Fittler. Obviously, there is a lot of pressure now because he is down 1-0 in the series. But ultimately, Freddie Fittler is still a coach that I rate highly when it comes to origin. And I think he's going to get a response from his boys. 
As for Queensland Maroons, well, they've got Billy Slater. A new era is well and truly underway. And I couldn't be more happy having Billy as the coach. He seems like the perfect fit for the job. Obviously, Paul Green, the Maroons just... They didn't quite fire under him until Game 3, whereas Billy Slater, he's already got them going from the get-go. He's brought some fresh faces in. He's kept some old ones around. He's given guys like Jai Arrow a chance to work his way back into the frame. Someone like Corey Oates, who's in the extended squad, a chance to work his way back into the Origin Arena. And ultimately, like Billy Slater is a very, very good tactician. Let's not forget that he learned from one of the best in the game in Craig Bellamy in terms of coaching, style, how to get a team up and ready for a big game. So Billy Slater, like his whole career has kind of culminated in this great moment where he has now become a coach only a few years removed from his actual playing career. And look, if he was an NRL coach, then maybe a little bit too early. But I think now was the perfect time to inject Billy Slater as the Queensland Maroons coach. So these two coaches definitely know what the Origin Arena is about. Fantastic NRL players, fantastic players for their country, Australia as well. And now it's time for them, just like they did during the Origin time, to go against each other. So obviously their errors were a tiny bit apart. They kind of overlapped toward the end there, but now their coaching careers very much on the same path and only one of them isn't going to be able to get the series win. So will Billy Slater be able to come in and just get the results immediately? Or is Freddie Fiddler going to be able to wrestle back this series? Now, one of the biggest points of contention or conversation, as always, has been the selection process, the ins and outs. Been a bit of talk as well that tonight a lot of Blues players playing for their future. Should they lose and be down 2-0 and have lost the series then Freddie Fittler is expected to make a massive clean-out for Game 3, so should be very intriguing as to how this contest goes. You know that the New South Wales Blues are going to be very desperate for this one. Now, taking a look at some of the selection ins and outs, no Josh Adokar, so Daniel Tupo retained. Josh Adokar, in my opinion, couldn't have done much more to put himself in the selection frame. I know he's at the Bulldogs, who up until recently had been struggling badly, but... I think Josh Adokar, he's the kind of player as a Queenslander, like I'm glad he's not in that Blues side. He knows how to score tries. He's the fastest man on the planet, for goodness sake. And yeah, I, th I thought it was a bit disappointing that Josh Adokar didn't get selected. I know you, it was kind of hard to drop Daniel Tupo after his performance in game one, but Josh Adokar, like, yeah, as I said, he couldn't have done much more to earn selection. We see recalls, though, that have happened. Josh Adokar, probably the only one who was omitted from Game 1 who hasn't been recalled for Game 2, which is really unfortunate for him. We've seen Jake Trebojevic come back into the side. He was one of the bigger missions from Game 1, one of the great defensive players, if not the best in the game. And you know he's going to be coming in for a huge performance, knowing that his future in the Blues jersey is on the line. So Jake Trebojevic, no doubt, going to be in for a big one. Angus Crichton back in the squad as well. He will play on an edge most likely, but can cover the middle and even at a pinch can play in the centres as well. So Angus Crichton adds some versatility, probably takes Ryan Matteson's spot where you'd say Ryan Matteson in better form, but Angus Crichton, a proven origin player. He's shown before that he can get it done in the big games, in the big arena. So Freddie opting to bring Angus Crichton back in. We see in the centres, no Jack Whiten, who is out with COVID, and no Katoni Staggs, who was left out of the side and played yesterday for Tonga. So no Katoni Staggs. We see Stephen Crichton move from the number 14 jersey into the centres. 
I think that's the right move. I, I couldn't envision them playing him there in the number 14 again. It just didn't work at all. They couldn't really get him into the game. He could only cover the back five, uh, and Jack Whiten was playing so well that there wasn't really a need to move him elsewhere. So Stephen Crichton, you either start him or just leave him out altogether. But I think his form over the last couple of years has warranted his selection in the starting side. I actually thought he should have got one the first jump, uh, but Katoni Staggs in unreal form as well. So Stephen Crichton, this time he's going to have an opportunity to show what he can do from the get-go, starting as a centre. And the other centre, making his debut at left centre, definitely a player of the future. I expect him to be a Blues player for the next decade or so, whether that be in the centres or 5'8", we are going to see Matt Burton make his official debut here this weekend. And there's been a lot of talk around Burton's kicking game. Obviously, Nathan Cleary, they really shut him down, the Queensland defence, in Game 1. His kicking game was really not effective. And this time, they've brought Matt Burton in, who has that crazy high bomb. It is so hard to catch. And... I believe Matt Burton is one of the few left field kickers, if one of the only. So when he kicks the bomb up, it spirals in a literally in a different direction to everyone else's bombs. It is one of the hardest, if not the hardest kick to catch in the game. And the Blues have brought in a bit of a secret weapon there. So not only is Matt Burton a huge strike center, extremely quick, deceptively strong, and has great ball skills, but... In the same token, Matt Burton, he can handle that kicking game. If there's an injury in the halves, he can slot into the halves. But otherwise, yeah, I think they're going to look to utilize his kicking game. They'll put that in Queensland's minds. And if they can get the Queensland defense to start thinking about Matt Burton, then they'll be able to open up and free up the likes of Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai. So that's definitely a scary proposition. And I do expect Matt Burton to be doing a few kicks throughout this game. Don't be surprised if they give it to him first up and let him put one up just to ease the nerves, but we'll have to see how that goes. Ultimately, though, Matt Burton, I think he was the right man for the job. And, I mean, the way he's playing at the Bulldogs, who are one of the bottom place sides, is phenomenal. So Matt Burton, no doubt in my mind, he is a New South Wales Blue for years to come and definitely a player that makes me nervous as a Queensland fan. We've got those two in the centres Another change, we've got Arpi Korosau starting at 9 with Damian Cook off the bench. So Arpi, he's been brought in. They like the idea of the Panthers connection. Arpi with a lot of creativity as well. So he's going to be passing the ball to the likes of Nathan Cleary, Isaiah Yo, and Jerome Luai. So Arpi knows their games like the back of his hand. He's also got a lot of other players from Penrith in the side like Liam Martin, Brian Toto and Stephen Crichton. So I think Arpi Coruscant, that may just add to the cohesion of the New South Wales Blues side. And Damian Cook, it looks like they've had a look at the Maroons and how they're doing it with Ben Hunt starting the game and then Harry Grant coming on and making a huge impact. I think that's what Freddie's aiming to do here. Damian Cook could definitely be that. Uh, don't make him get through his tackles because he gets through so much work defensively. So if you can just leave him fresh for the first stages of the game and then bring him on fresh against tired legs, well, then Damian Cook could be a real problem. I think he's going to be a weapon up against a fatiguing Queensland outfit. And Cook in the number 14 jersey, definitely an interesting point as is the decision to start RP at number nine. And I'm very intrigued to see how it goes. Obviously, a lot of changes within this Blues lineup, but a couple of the guys coming in are guys who've been part of the squad 
for a while now. And then you've got Arpi as well, who has so many existing relationships with key members of this team. So that is probably the major selection, choosing to start Arpi and bench Damien Cook. And we're not going to know exactly how that decision goes until we've seen the game. So hindsight is a beautiful thing, but that is definitely one of the major talking points selection-wise. The other in for the Blues, we've got Sifa Talakai rewarded for a crazy good season. And that's considering that only a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, like he may not have even got back to the NRL, obviously started his career at the Rabbitohs, just didn't have quite the maturity that he does now. Things didn't work out for him. Took him a little while to get back into an NRL system. Started with the Penrith Panthers playing for their reserve grade side. Then went over to the Newtown Jets, the Cronulla Sharks affiliate side. He worked his way back into the NRL. The what? The NRL. And the rest is history. So a very, very well-deserved call-up for Sifa Talakai. He'll also be able to offer some backline cover where he can slot into the centres if need be and someone can shift out to the wing. He can play in the middle and he can be a very effective player on the edge as well. So Sefer Talakai, I actually thought maybe he'd get selected for game one. If you've listened to my podcasts throughout this year, I thought he was a real big chance as a bolter to get selection. Well, now we see him in this game two side. He is going to offer a real point of difference with his aggression and his ball running. And he's had a sensational 2022 season. Ultimately, Origin should be there are other factors in terms of selection, but I also think form should always be at the forefront. And you can't deny that Sifa Talakai has been in amazing form this year. So Talakai getting the call up and we see Regan Campbell-Gillard dropped, Ryan Matteson and Tarek Sims out. So Regan Campbell-Gillard, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. He did have over 200 run meters on the uh, past weekend's game. And yeah, didn't really do much to lose his spot other than a poor game up against the Bulldogs where they got thrashed. But Regan Campbell-Gillard, yeah, not much leniency and he is out of the side. Ryan Matteson, he made his debut. Uh, he's been in awesome form this season, but he was also dropped. And Tarek Sims, who performed so well last year, he was retained in the side based on just how much he offered in the 2021 series. But yeah, again, after the game won this year, they decided to go in another direction. So Tarek Sims is out. Will be interesting to see whether he makes it back to the Origin Arena. Obviously next year, he's off to the Melbourne Storm, so that will definitely increase his chances. But RCG, Ryan Matteson, and Tarek Sims out alongside Katoni Staggs and Jack Whiten. As for Queensland, they kept a winning side intact. Only injury has been what's changed this side. We see Murray Taolangi come in for the injured Xavier Coates, who actually hurt himself during the Origin 1 game. Murray Taolangi, I would have been happy if he was selected for Game 1. I understand why they went for Xavier Coates, both young, both absolute Jets. But Murray Taolangi this year has been playing Origin-level form. Like, that's what I've been seeing from him. His development over the last couple of years under Todd Payton, like, he has just come on so much as a player, now to the point where he does not look out of place in this Origin lineup. So Mari Taolangi, congratulations to him on his debut. And a congratulations as well to Jai Arrow, who's earned a recall after some disciplinary issues last season, saw him out of the team. Um, but Jai Arrow's back, he's worked really hard and he'll add a lot to this Queensland side. He'll be replacing Ruben Cotter, although Jai Arrow will be on the bench. Cotter started at lock, so this will see Tino Fasul Malawe move to lock. 
and Lindsay Collins will start in the front row. So those are the changes. And look, this is a really important game. I think the growth of Perth or league in Perth should be a much bigger priority. I know they're talking about the 18th team for the NRL maybe being in Christchurch, uh, which I don't mind as a Kiwi, but at the same time, like, I don't understand this whole lack of trying to get a Perth team going. I know there's time zones. There would be factors and issues, but, like, when you look at how big of an AFL town they are and how their turnouts are for AFL games, like, they'd get more turnouts in Perth for a league game than they would at a Tigers home game or, like, you know, something like that, a Roosters home game. So... I don't know why they haven't thought about it. They could put a really quality Perth team together as well. Um, I saw today North Sydney Bears, who just will not go away. Holy shit. They are trying to get onto the Perth uh, Rugby League officials and be like, hey, what about the Perth Bears? So um, they should be called the North Sydney Cockroaches because you just cannot kill this side. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I think this is, needs to be a positive step in the direction of development in Perth. Eventually, if you can have a 20-team competition, like, you need a Perth one. Absolutely need a Perth one. That's just my opinion, and that would be my preference for an X side. I think they're going to go Christchurch, but ultimately beyond that, Perth needs a rugby league side. Uh, now, I know they're not going to have, at the start, the best pool of local juniors to pick from and such, but how are the juniors going to get better unless you really develop and invest time in Western Australia? So... Perth needs to be on the agenda in terms of bringing rugby league to that next level as a truly national game. It's the National Rugby League, not the Sydney-Brisbane Rugby League competition. Um, so, yeah, let's get some of the other big cities involved. Perth, fuck it. Like, I know they've had a Perth side in the past in Adelaide, and it hasn't worked too well in the past, but, like, that didn't stop them from bringing another Gold Coast team in. So, ultimately, let's get Perth going in terms of a future NRL team. That's what I'd like to see. Time for me to pull up the team lists for game two. Not sure if they're going to pull any late changes. I know they always like to pull Swifties pre-game, but let's have a look at the team list that is in front of us. For the Blues, James Tedesco, captains the side at fullback, Brian Toto and Daniel Tupo in the wings, or on the wings, my bad. Uh, Matt Burton and Stephen Crichton in the centres, Jerome Luay and Nathan Cleary in the halves. So... In that back line of the seven players, you have one, two, three, four current Penrith players and five if you include Matt Burton, who was there only as recently as last year. So a big part of that back line has a real Penrith Panthers feel to it that is going to help a lot with combinations and the like. In the Ford pack, you have Payne Huss and Jake Trebojevic in the front row with Arpi Corosau in the number nine jersey. In the back row, Cameron Murray and Liam Martin with Isaiah Yo at the lock forward position. We saw him cop a head knock in game one, ended up staying on. I think he'll be a lot more effective since if he doesn't get a head knock here, like he, when he's fresh and when he's on, he makes a huge difference. I think that head knock was a little bit of a turning point in the game one series as well. Checking the bench, Damian Cook in the 14 jersey, Angus Crichton, Junior Paolo, Sifa Talakai, and in the extended reserves, Nico Hines in the number 18 jersey and Jordan McLean in the 20. Won't play, but I mean, that is a fantastic comeback. Great story to see Jordan McLean work his way back into the Origin Arena. 
As for the Queensland Maroons, Callan Ponga at fullback. On the wings, Selwyn Cobbo and Murray Taolungi, with only one origin game between them experience-wise going into this. In the centres, much more experience. Valentine Holmes and Dane Gagai. You're not going to get too much more proven Queenslanders in the back line than those two. In the halves, speaking of proven, you've got Cameron Munster and the captain, Daly Cherry Evans. In the forward pack, Lindsay Collins and Josh Papali'i up front, with Ben Hunt starting in the number nine jersey. Kurt Capewell in the back row with Felice Kafusi bound for the Dolphins next year, and Tino Fasuamala'awe moves from the front row into the lock forward position. Not a whole lot of his role will change, I would say, given that both positions are in the middle, although the lock forward expecting or expected rather to be a little bit more of a ball player and a link to their set plays. So Tino Fasuamalawe, interested to see what kind of role he takes in the game tonight. And on Queensland's bench, Harry Grant in the number 14 jersey, Jai Arrow, Patrick Carrigan, and Jeremiah Nanai. In the Queensland reserves, they have Tom Dearden, once again, 18th man. But that's a fantastic story in itself as well. Fast forward this time last year, and if someone said like Tom Dearden was just a whisker away from playing Origin, I would have said, I don't know, maybe in like a few years, but like, I mean, the Tom Dearden this time last year, nowhere near it. And that's not really his fault. I mean, he was just about to get released mid-season from the Broncos, who had hailed him as this high hope of their future. And only a short time later, after scarring him through two awful seasons, they decided, eh, Nah, we're actually, we're going to go in a different direction. So Tom Dearden let go. He's come to the Cowboys. His time in the back half of last year at the Cowboys was really, really not good as well. So yeah, massive turnaround from Tom Dearden. Really happy to see him earn that number 18 jersey. And also in the extended reserves, Tom Flegler in the 19 jersey. So some very, very quality teams. Interesting that the Blues have a lot of changes, although a lot of familiarity with those Penrith combinations. And for the Maroons, very much the same side that got it done in Game 1. We know the Maroons. We know they love to reward players and stay loyal to players. That's what's worked for them in the past. And this is a great group to stay loyal to. Nobody put a foot wrong in Game 1, so nobody deserved to lose their place. And now we see two players coming into the side that are going to want to add their own spice to the mix. In Jai Arrow off the bench, who'll be hoping to make a massive impact. And Murray Tao Lungi on debut. He knows he's going to be peppered with high balls and things like that, uh, but he's just going to be out to do his job. Maybe even score a try if he can as well. The wingers for Queensland, definitely known for getting over the stripes. So Murray Tao Lungi, don't mind him as an anytime try scorer bet if you're so inclined. Onto the actual game now, and we've got the new look Blues who, they're going to be desperate. They know they need the win, and we see time and time again when a side is under the pump, when they are under pressure, when they feel like they've let that win of the series slip through their grasp, well then all of a sudden they lift to another gear that maybe a Queensland side it would be more difficult for them to find, given that they're looking to wrap the series up, but they, they don't have that same it has to be done now mentality. So I'm really interested to see how they match up. It is a new era for the Queensland side under Billy Slater. Obviously, they've got the Maroons' influence of the greatest era ever. They've got Cameron Smith on the team, Jonathan Thurston. We've seen Greg Inglis come into camp. And then you've got someone on the coaching staff like Josh Henne, who is a great mind for the game. We know the best interim coach 
in the game and he's going to do a hell of a job as well. So Queensland have all the right pieces around to ensure that they are going to get the best out of their team. And for the Blues, well, they've got that Panthers influence that I've spoken about many times already. The team chock full of Penrith players, the combinations, the connection, the chemistry, it is all there. And Panthers head and shoulders the best team in the NRL. So I do think it's the right move. I'm really intrigued to see how it goes. Hopefully Queensland can shut it down as a Maroons fan, but I I do think for the Blues, this is going to open up a whole new world for them in both attack and defense. And I do think the Blues are going to come out and be a significantly better side than they were in game one. Now, having a look at the positional battles for this game, in the fullback position, they won't be directly going head-to-head, but you've got James Tedesco, the captain who did everything he could to get his side over the line last time out, up against Kalen Ponga, the captain of New South Wales, up against Kalen Ponga, the captain of the Newcastle Knights, and his club form hasn't been that great, the Knights form overall this season hasn't been that great, but... The one major factor in all of this is that you have Billy Slater as the coach, one of the greatest fullbacks of all time, arguably the greatest fullback of all time, working with a very, very special talent in Kellen Ponga. So Slater, he's got his hands all over Ponga. He'll be teaching him plenty. And I I really think this is going to take Kellen Ponga's game to a totally new level. So the fullback battle, definitely going to be an interesting one. On the one-wing centre battle, we've got Brian Toto and Matt Burton up against Dane Gagai and Selwyn Cobbo. With Brian Toto and Matt Burton, that is a premiership-winning left edge right there. You've got a proven veteran in Dane Gagai and a young superstar in Selwyn Cobbo for Queensland. Uh, But I I do think the Panthers' connection, once again, going to come into play. Matt Burton, the Deli M centre of the year last year, alongside Toto, who was his left winger. Um, So, yeah, that is a combination that I think is definitely going to cause Queensland some issues. And I'm wondering if Freddie is going to put Toto and Crichton together over on the right side and move Tupo back to the left, or whether he's going to keep Toto on the left, Tupo on the right, and play Toto and Burton together. But I think they're going to play Toto and Burton together. It makes sense. I mean, they were unstoppable last year. So that battle is definitely going to be a good one. Then on the other side, you've got Daniel Tupo and Stephen Crichton up against Valentine Holmes and Murray Taolangi. Now, Daniel Tupo, he was one of the Blues' best in Game 1, got through a heap of work. In saying that, though, if they lose here, he very well may have lost his spot. So Daniel Tupo, one of the consistent wingers of the last decade, plus even longer. And I really think Daniel Tupo, he's a worry. He gets through his work, he's consistent, he can finish a try, and he's a major aerial threat. So Daniel Tupo, someone definitely to keep an eye on in this game. And then you've got Stephen Crichton, who is a big game player. His form over the last three years has absolutely warranted selection as a starting centre. And Stephen Crichton just seems like he was made for these games. So I think that is a great combination, Crichton and Tupo. And on the other side, the Queensland's left side, you have that Cowboys link, who they are in very hot form themselves. You've got Valentine Holmes, Murray Talangi out on that left. It's been working so well for North Queensland. Now they're going to be hoping to do it for their state. And I have every bit of faith that they can. In the halves, the key battle to all of this, this is where the game will be won, no doubt. You've got Cameron Munster and the Queensland captain, Daly Cherry Evans, up against... 
the reigning premiership winning halves, the reigning origin winning halves, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. Now, Cleary struggled in game one, but as I mentioned earlier, Matt Burton has been brought in to really offset some of the kicking woes that Cleary faced in the first game. And that's the only poor game I've seen Nate play this year. So I definitely expect Nathan Cleary to make a major impact on this game. You've also, once again, got that Panthers factor with Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, very familiar with each other's game for years from the juniors upwards. So that makes a massive difference as well. A lot of Panthers links throughout this side is going to make New South Wales a hard team to stop. And for Queensland, well, we saw how important their halves were in game one. Cameron Munster having one of the all-time great origin games, whilst Daly Cherry Evans does everything you need your halfback to do. He goes about his work as you need your captain to do as well, gets his kicking right, has his tackling right, has his organising right, and he leads this side from the front. So Daly Cherubin's hugely important, a very vital cog, and his game allows Cameron Munster to totally run riot over opposition. So I'm really interested to see how this halves battle goes. Obviously, I think the Blues have the advantage. Let's not forget that three of the past four neutral games, so not in either Queensland or New South Wales, the Blues have won three out of the last four neutral games, including getting a very dominant win in 2019 in the same venue of Optus Stadium, Perth. So, look, New South Wales have a bit of an advantage, but Queensland with an advantage of their own. That is the 1-0 series lead. Moving into the battle of the dummy halves slash number 14s, you've got Harry Grant, who's coming off the bench, and Ben Hunt, who will be starting in the number nine, up against Arpi Corusau and Damian Cook. So an interesting battle there. Ben Hunt, he's going to start in the number nine. His last two games have been unreal. And he's supposed to be playing a roving lock role, apparently. So looks like once Harry Grant comes onto the field, they're going to keep Ben Hunt on, given that Ruben Cotter obviously not playing in this game. And they're going to use Ben Hunt as a ball-playing middle. So I think that should work really well. We've seen guys like Cooper Cronk, Michael Morgan play this role before for the Queensland Maroons. And yeah, Ben Hunt, he is a leader of the side. He's been around the Queensland setup for quite some time now. He knows exactly what it's about. Starts the game well, and then Harry Grant comes on and just totally rips teams apart. So I'm really, really interested into how this battle goes. Obviously, I talked before about Api Corusau and Damian Cook. And look, with that, you've got a real problem on your hands because Damian Cook is going to cause all sorts of issues. But if if they have an injury somewhere else, like having a, just a straight-up dummy half, I'm not 100% sold on, although Cook has played fullback before and done really well in that position, so he does offer a bit of versatility. I'm interested to see whether either Arpi or Damien play some time and some minutes in the middle, but ultimately I think they'll be trying to do similar to what Queensland have been doing. Of course, the Maroons have won their past two games with Ben Hunt starting in the number nine jersey, and Hunt, he offers a great point of difference and that he can cover the halves as well as the middle, so if Daly Cherry Evans or Munster goes down, then Ben Hunt will be more than ready to help steer the side around in the halves. RP for New South Wales, he offers so much creativity. He's got the chemistry with the halves. You've got Isaiah Yo, who's that link player that RP Corusau has such a great working relationship with. And of course, you've got the back line as well. He knows Matt Burton. 
He knows Brian Toto. He knows Stephen Crichton. I keep mentioning it, but the Penrith connection, most definitely a major factor in this game. That is why RP has been brought in, and he's going to add so much to the Blues side. He can terrorize Queensland around the ruck, so it's something I am genuinely worried about. I do wonder how the hooking rotation is going to work. Maybe RP plays the first 25 minutes, half an hour, and then Damian Cook comes on, but we saw Stephen Crichton as the number 14. Didn't play many minutes until the back end of the game, so I'm wondering, is Damian Cook going to play limited minutes? I would say no, he's such an important part of the team, but very interested tonight to keep an eye on how the hooking rotation works. Ultimately, it could be a masterstroke from New South Wales. I think Damian Cook... I think they're going to use him well. Something just feels right about this. You see how well it works with Ben Hunt and Harry Grant, and now it's the Blues' turn to try and generate something. Moving into the middle with the starting props, we've got Josh Papali'i and Lindsay Collins up against Payne Haas and the recalled Jake Trebojevic, who's going to be in for a huge game. I'm wondering whether these are going to be the Blues' starting props. We obviously saw Junior Paolo and Cameron Murray named to start, in game one, but then they opted to put them on the bench. And who, who'd they put? Let me try and rack my brain. Liam Martin, that's right, of course. Uh, Liam Martin came into the side, and of course, Junior Paolo started on the bench. Regan Campbell Gillard came into the starting side. So they've named Hassan Trebojevic to start, but there could definitely be a change pre kickoff. Now, for Queensland, Josh Papali'i playing limited minutes in game one. Uh, the younger Fords definitely stepped up. And for the Raiders this year, he's taken a bit of a lesser role. Not much, but just a, a few less minutes as well. So I'm interested to see how much of an impact and contribution Josh Papali'i has and what kind of minutes he's given by the coach, Billy Slater. That's going to make the other prop, Lindsay Collins' job and his importance, so much more key to this side, especially given that Ruben Cotter is out as well. So Lindsay Collins, he's going to be in for a huge game. Missed last year's series, but was with a, was a part sorry, of that 2020 winning series. And yeah, he's come back, been in solid form for the Roosters. And he's what Queensland's all about, a very hard worker in the middle. So it cannot be understated how important Lindsay Collins is going to be here. And Patrick Carrigan, they made the decision to start Collins, keep Carrigan on the bench. I like that. I think like his impact was the total turning point of game one. And I, I think you should just stick with that. Like he'd absolutely do a job if he does start. But I mean, the way he played off the bench, I, I, th I think keep him there. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. He adds so much impact and he offers leadership. Given that he's only one game into his origin career, I mean, this is a special player. He is a leader of this side already. He is one of the major talkers around the field. He's almost like another half who helps get his side around the field. So Patrick Carrigan on the bench is going to be a major impact in the middle. And they're going to need him because Carrigan's teammate Payne Haas, he's the best prop in the competition. So he is going to be very hard to stop. Add into the mix Jake Trebojevic and his defensive game where very hard to get through that defensive wall. Trebojevic also with some decent hands on him as well. So that battle in the middle is going to be phenomenal. Over to the edges now. One of the edges will have Liam Martin up against Felice Kafusi. Bit of a grudge, bit of a rivalry. Just in terms of the Origin Arena, I'm sure these blokes would get along famously uh, chatting after. But... In terms of the Origin Arena, these guys are enemies. You've got Liam Martin, Felice Kafusi. 
this is going to be a very fierce battle between two players who've collected premierships and, you know, they, they have history as well. Let's not forget the 2020 grand final and, of course, the rivalry, the rivalry rather that's really starting to build between the Penrith Panthers and the Melbourne Storm. So another chapter to be added here between Martin and Kafusi. And I really like Liam Martin. He is an enforcer. He protects Cleary as well, always charging down those kicks. And Liam Martin, just another one that you can throw into the Penrith factor that I've talked so much about in this podcast. And Liam Martin as well, there's been talks that he's the biggest grub in the Origin Arena. Like, that's a bit of a stretch. I think now, because there's like no Michael Ennis or, you know, there's not as many grubby characters rolling around in the Origin Arena at the moment. They're just picking whoever plays the hardest or the most aggressive. So Liam Martin, he's been labelled a grub. Um, I, I just think he plays the game fucking hard. Like, nothing I've seen from him, I've been like, oh, that's, you know, grubby, like, dog antics. He's just a guy who gets in your face and, and just goes really hard. I tell you what, I wouldn't be calling him a grub if he was playing for my side. Uh, so Liam Martin, I'm actually a huge fan. I don't think he's much of a grub. He just plays the game hard, and it's origin. Of course, there's going to be forearms and, you know, niggling and all that little stuff. There's going to be plenty of it. So that's part of what makes origin great. Liam Martin, Felice Cafusi, that is no doubt going to be a battle. And on the other edge, pending Cameron Murray starts, we're going to have Cameron Murray up against Kurt Capewell. Both of them pretty versatile. Obviously, Capewell can move into the centers as he did in game one, and he's played there before. So that adds your backline cover, hugely essential, and he's very dangerous on an edge as well, is Kurt Capewell. On the other side, you have Cameron Murray, who will start in the second row, presumably, but no doubt he's going to move into the middle where he is most effective. That is undoubtedly where they need him. And so I would say Cameron Murray going to start, spend a tiny bit of time on that edge, and then they're going to put him in the middle on tired legs, use his quick play the balls, use his offloads and his ball playing. And I think Cameron Murray, like that shift is another thing as a Queensland fan that makes me very nervous. So... That'll be the initial battle, Kurt Capewell up against Cameron Murray, but both of them could find themselves playing in different spots around the field throughout the game. Now, onto the lock forwards. Obviously, with Ruben Cotter out, we've got Tino Fasua Malawe moving into the lock forward role. Uh, he's going to be a huge part of this. He's obviously busting his ass week in, week out for the Titans, but he's a lot better when he's got quality around him, and he does in this Queensland lineup, so. Big game expected from Tino, and opposing him in the middle will be Isaiah Yo, one of the best players in the world this year, and he is a vital cog in both attack and defense. Isaiah Yo acts as the link, and if the Blues are to win, then you better believe Isaiah Yo is going to play a massive role in that. So the battle of the lock forwards cannot be understated in this one. And moving on to the benches quickly, I'll start with the Queensland bench. You've got Harry Grant. In my opinion, the way he's playing could be the Kangaroos 14 come the World Cup if he's not the starting nine. I know they're looking at Reid Marnie. Obviously, they'll be looking at Damian Cook as well. You'd assume Harry Grant will start, but maybe they do Ben Hunt in the number nine for the Kangaroos. That is how good Harry Grant has been coming off the bench in that number 14 jersey. 
In 15, you've got Jai Arrow, who is ready to respond after missing an action game one, not being selected, and yeah, that would have burned him. He will be very ready for a big response in this one. You've got Pat Carrigan, who was the turning point in game one. I cannot speak highly enough of Patrick Carrigan. Very glad that he is a Queenslander. And rounding out the bench, you've got Jeremiah Nanai, a tackle breaker who is an aerial threat as well. Definitely a target for kicks, and you've got to be very, very careful that you don't let Jeremiah Nanai exploit your defensive line if you are the Blues. 18th man for Queensland will be Tom Dearden, who, as I spoke about before, such a great rise for him to work his way into this 18th man jersey for the first two games. On the New South Wales bench, Damien Cook in the number 14 jersey has potential to totally turn the game on its head. You've got Angus Crichton, who I think he'll come on to the edge with Cameron Murray moving into the middle, although Angus Crichton can play in the middle as well. You've got Junior Paolo named on the bench. Could he be a late starter? And Sifa Talakai, a walking weapon, making his New South Wales debut. He is going to be a real handful for the Queensland defence. And 18th man, Nico Hines. He is very, very close to getting into that Origin Arena. I would go as far as to say if New South Wales lose here, we may very well see Nico Hines, whether that be in the number 14 role. I think Cleary probably has a mortgage on that halfback jersey, so Nico, he'll be up against it to push him for it. But you never know, maybe we'll see Nico, Nico Hines moved into 5'8". So... Very interesting, Nico Hines, one of the premier players of our competition. It's been great to see his rise all the way through the ranks. And now it's time for me to really just get to this wrap-up. And I'm going to make a prediction as well, but there's a lot of narratives around this game. New South Wales, a lot of changes for them. Will they be positive changes, or is it going to kind of disrupt what they had going on from game one? It is do or die. They have to sit, keep the series alive. Can New South Wales keep the series alive or will Queensland have that Queensland spirit on full display, not letting the team down, not letting their state down and can Queensland get the series done in only game two? Well, only a few hours time and we will know. Very excited for this game. My point of difference for this game, the number 14s, I've spoken about them a lot, Harry Grant and Damian Cook. Both of them are a point of difference for their side. Whichever one can come on and have a better impact and make more or create rather more momentum, I think that's going to be a huge turning point as to who can win this game. So my point of difference, I've gone the number 14, uh, both of them. And my final comments, I think this is going to be a fantastic game. Origin 1 was one of the best I've seen in a hot minute. And after a decade of dominance from Queensland, well, now... Now it's all up in the air. New South Wales, you could argue it's almost their time for dominance. Queensland, over the last couple of years, it was like, okay, well, what Queenslanders do we have that are going to kind of combat this rise of amazing New South Wales talent? Well, Billy Slater has stepped in this year. We are already seeing Selwyn Cobbo, Murray Towlingy, Ruben Cotter, Jeremiah Nanai, Patrick Carrigan. So it turns out the future for Queensland is very, very bright. Of course, we know the future for New South Wales, extremely bright as well. That was on full display in the under-19s origin on the weekend, with New South Wales getting a comprehensive victory. And Jonah Pazette 
who is a young half in the Melbourne Storm's top 30. Well, he had four try assists, and you better believe in the next couple of years, the Storm, they're going to be looking to keep him and, and start to really work him into their plans. So if they don't, you just know a lot of clubs now are going to be lining up for Jonah Pezzett, played his Newcastle, or played, can't even speak English, played his junior footy for the Knights, but the Storm saw a lot of potential in him. They've had him in their system for a couple of years now, and he shined very bright, as did the whole New South Wales under-19s team. So future for both states, very bright. I love Origin. It is just such a special game of footy. So I cannot wait to tune in tonight. And look, I'm going to be doing a Thoughts and Comments podcast. So I'll be watching the game, giving live reactions, and posting that immediately after the game. So stay tuned for that if you want to keep up with that. Uh, I'll be talking about a lot of things I talked about here. But with hindsight, we'll see what happens in the game. And there'll be a lot to talk about, no doubt. So if you want to keep up with all things Not Just a Sports Report, follow us on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. Plenty going on over there. And follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. You're going to be able to see as soon as the new thoughts and comments, nearly said the wrong thing, my bad, Uh, new thoughts and comments for State of Origin immediately after the game, uh, that'll be posted, just giving thoughts. Throughout the game, I'll be giving live reactions, so that should be a really, really fun podcast. Best way to keep up with that, follow us on whatever podcast platform you're on, and Instagram, as I mentioned, at Not Just a Sports Report. So now it's time for me to get to my prediction, and then we will wrap this one up. I'm going to go with the Queensland Maroons. Uh, This is purely biased. This is a supporter standpoint. I thought the Blues were going to win in game one, and they didn't. So now that I know the Maroons can beat this Blues side, I'm going to tip him to do it again. So they are the underdogs. Blues, no doubt, going to be extremely hard to beat. But I'm taking the Queensland Maroons in this one. I would say 1-12, to no doubt, as well. Uh, For any time try scorers, I'm looking at Matt Burton for the Blues, and I'm looking at Murray Taolangi for the Queensland Maroons, both debutants. So no doubt that would be interesting. But look, we've got a game to look forward to tonight. It is going to be an absolute cracker, so I will not keep you any longer. I hope the preview has helped you get excited for what is going to be a very exciting game tonight between two teams full of the game's elite players. So I'm taking Queensland to win. I'm supporting Queensland, but very wary of the threats that New South Wales have across the park. So it's going to be a cracker game. And that's it from me. Hope you enjoyed the preview. And until thoughts and comments, take care of yourselves.